Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. What are your deepest, most exciting, most nerve-wracking, it seems impossible, who do I think I am to even consider such things, dreams? You know, the dreams that seem like they are for other people, the beautiful people, or the lucky people, the people from high school who seem to have everything handed to them on a silver platter. Or have you been feeling so stuck, either in a marriage that you know is not serving you, or in a job that you hate going to every day? You have felt so stuck that you have no clue what your dreams even are, that someone asks you, well, what do you want? And you have no idea. That's what we're talking about today on the Purpose Girl podcast. Dreams, desires, and how to make them happen. Welcome to episode five. So last week, I did something so crazy. My husband and I rented an apartment in Manhattan for $2,100 a month. Now, here's the deal. We don't have $2,100 a month. We have a big five-bedroom house outside of Philadelphia. So what the F were we thinking? And for some reason, I am so excited about what seems to be crazy, what makes no logical sense at all, that we should have a second apartment in a city we don't live in. What we were thinking is that it is my dream that I love New York, that every time I step off the train to go to New York for a meeting or for my radio show, my whole body relaxes and comes alive at the same time. We were thinking that this is where I have wanted to live since I left the city to marry him a few years ago. We were thinking that I have felt so deprived from my dream. That when an apartment literally fell into our laps, we knew we had to do it. We had to take it and we had to figure out how to make it work. Seriously, it might sound silly and I have like tried to make myself not want this dream and maybe you can relate. Maybe you have so badly wanted to start your own business or you have so badly wanted a love affair or you've so badly wanted to just drop everything and travel the world and you have just thought to yourself, That is ridiculous. I have no money to do that. Who do I think I am? It is so impractical. It is irresponsible or whatever else your brain tells you. Believe me, my brain said all of it. I felt silly for having this dream. I mean, I would say to myself, it's just a city, right? Or like, you can be happy anywhere, Karen. I'd try to rationalize that where I was was good and it was great that we have so much room outside of Philadelphia and we have nice neighbors. But the more I deprived myself of this dream, the smaller I felt. Then I felt dull. I felt depressed. I felt resentful. I would get angry really quickly. I'd be cranky. I would be bitter. And honestly, I forgot why I was resentful or angry. I would just get angry at little things at my husband, right? Life felt really hard. And... I went to a therapist for it a year ago. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I feel so icky. 
And as the therapist and I were talking, it didn't take long for my big dream of being in Manhattan to come out. And the therapist said to me, so get another apartment. And I was like, are you crazy? We can't get another apartment. We don't have money for just, oh, another $2,000 a month. We don't have money for that. And so I shut it down immediately. And I want you to think to yourself, what have you shut down immediately? Maybe you've wanted a YouTube channel and you think, oh, that's oversaturated. Or maybe you've wanted to open up a bakery and you think, I don't know anything about bakeries. Or maybe you've wanted to start creating furniture and you're like, that is ridiculous. Where would I sell that or make it? And you have just shut down the dream. I totally get it because I have shut down many dreams in my life only to find myself getting miserable, depressed, stuck, sick, and then eventually making the dream come true. And that's why I want today's episode to be all about how you can actually make your dreams come true. So I have actually a confession to make that I've actually felt like a fraud for the last couple of years, telling you to go after your dreams, telling my clients to go after their dreams, being on the radio saying, go after your dreams. When I knew that this dream of New York, I wasn't doing. And listen, it's for good reason. I fell in love with a man in another state. I tried breaking up with him. I was living in New York. He was living outside of Philadelphia. I tried breaking up with him because I didn't want to live in Philadelphia. We tried getting, he has a son, that's why he can't move outside of Philadelphia. We tried getting his ex-wife to move to New York instead so that everybody moved to New York. And so I tried, right? It was like, I knew what I needed. My soul feels on fire, feels energetic when I'm in that city. And it just doesn't in Philadelphia. And it's no offense, any of you from Philadelphia, Philadelphia is awesome. It has nothing to do with Philadelphia. It just has to do with there's something that my soul needs in this energy of New York. And so I tried breaking up with him and I just was too in love. And I said, okay, I'll make you a deal. I will move to Philadelphia until your son graduates high school and then I'll choose where we live after that. That was our deal and we both agreed to it and we both love it and he's happy anywhere. And so I thought it would be okay. But the more I deprived myself of this desire, this deep knowing that I had, this dream of being in New York City, the worse I felt. And when I went to that therapist a year ago and he said to me, so get a place in New York, I was just like, you're crazy. I can't do that. But then I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking to myself, how can I? What is possible? And so I emailed a bunch of my friends who live in New York and I said, Can I split your apartment with you? Whenever you go out of town, I'll be in your apartment. I reached out and eventually met this one woman who I stayed in her apartment for a few days. And it was like, oh my God, this is going to work. And she was right off of Central Park. And she has this huge, beautiful, full floor apartment. And I had my own bathroom and it was gorgeous. And then she said to me, oh, this was a one-time thing. My kids are in boarding school. And when they come back, they're going to need the rooms back. (sighs) So I just couldn't figure out how to do it. And honestly, every time I looked at the price of an apartment in New York, my heart just fell. I just kept telling myself, I can't do it. So what happens when you deny your dreams, when you deny your desires, is that you end up feeling small. I want you to think about it right now. What is a dream of yours? And it could be something from high school that you've totally just cut off. 
Like one of my clients has had a dream of being a writer since she was young. But her brain, what I call your fear brain, which is the most primitive, primal part of you, it's the part of you that tells yourself, you can't do that because who do you think you are? Right? That fear brain, we created the fear brain when we were young. Now, it might seem silly. Why do we create a fear brain when we're young? Why don't we just create a brain that wants to do everything that we want to do? Well, it's because perhaps when, let's say my client who is a writer, this wasn't true for her, but let's say when you were in second grade and you wrote something, your mom said, well, writers don't make any money, or your second grade teacher said, had all sorts of issues with your grammar, and then you decided that you were a bad writer. Or you just listened to society. You read magazines about how to have a good life, and it was to end up in a different kind of career, corporate career as an accountant or something like that. So we create this fear brain. It's our most primitive part of our brain. Sometimes we call it, people call it the reptilian brain because reptiles have it too. And it's the part of your brain that's all about survival. And so if there is any part of you that thinks that something that your heart wants, something that you know would be awesome and great, but it might lead you to be rejected or it might lead you to fail or it might lead you to possibly lose money or anything that might be quote-unquote unsafe, that might threaten your survival, your fear brain shuts it down immediately. I mean, think about it. It doesn't even take five seconds. That's about all you have. A research study showed that you have about five seconds from the time that you have an idea, like, ooh, I would love to take a painting class. Five seconds until the fear brain kicks in and says, you don't have time for a painting class. You've got to make lunches. You've got to get the carpool done. You've got to work on that report. No painting class. No, it might seem like, why does fear brain care if I take a painting class? What's so scary about that? Well, what's scary is that you may love that painting class. You may then want to paint more. You may then want to become a painter and actually leave whatever job you're in. And then your fear brain's going to go all out of whack because you're going to be like, we can't make money as a painter. So your fear brain stops you before you even begin. And my hunch is that something here is resonating with you. I'm hoping something is resonating with you. That's my curiosity. What is it for you that is your equivalent of New York or your equivalent of the painting class? And listen, I have more than just New York. There have been so many dreams. Doing this work that I am doing was my dream for so long. And fear brain told me, you can't make money doing that. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. Who do you think you are? You're not freaking Oprah. So why did my fear brain do that? My fear brain did that because all we want, all any human being wants underneath everything is we want to be loved. We want to be loved. And it's actually for survival. Because as much as people think survival of the fittest means like you versus me, who's going to win in a battle, what actually happened, sometimes it's you versus me, but what actually happened is it became group versus group, right? Like we weren't as big as saber-toothed tigers. Humans weren't as big as dinosaurs. So what we needed was to bond together as a group. Our early ancestors had to bond together as a group and actually protect one another. And if you were not loved by the tribe, if they didn't want to protect you, you were out. You'd be dead. So it became very important that we were loved. It became very important that our family wanted to protect us. It became very important that other people liked us. 
This is why we still go around wanting to please everybody, wanting to be liked, and oh my God, it was so helpful for our early ancestors, but not as helpful anymore, right? I teach a positive psychology certification course, and one of the things that we teach over and over again is that we have an old brain in a new world, an old brain in a new world. So that's why when my therapist recommended that I get a second place in New York, immediately Fear Brain said, well, we can't do that. We can't afford that. We'll die. Or when my client, who from the time she was little wanted to be a writer, her fear brain said, you can't do that. There's no money in writing. You'll fail. You're probably not that good. You're not that good. So then what happens is we even forget about our dreams. We deny ourselves our dreams and our desires so much that we actually forget them. And instead, what we focus on Right? Your dreams and your desires, they live in your heart. They live in your belly. They live as women. They actually live in our womb, whether you've ever had children or not. Women are creators. And so we, we are the ultimate creators. Every living being has come from woman. And so it lives in, in the lower half of our body, our dreams and our desires. That's why we get juicy, excited, and even like butterfly nervous when we think of something that we really, really, really want. However... What we've done is if you've shut off your dreams or desires, then you shut it off at your neck and you live neck up in your head. And then you start only thinking about goals. And goals are awesome, but goals are finite. Goals are clear. They have a beginning. They have an ending. And they're all about your mind. And your mind says to you, not the fear brain, but it actually can come from your favorite. Your whole mind says to you, what we should want is a steady, lucrative, stable job that gives me a 401k and retirement in 30 years. What we should want is this marriage that even though it's stale, at least I'm in a marriage and I'm safe. So your brain comes up with these goals that are in your mind and shuts off the desires of your heart, of your womb, of your body. And that's why after years of denying whatever dreams you have, denying whatever dreams I have, we end up dull. We end up feeling stuck. We end up bitter. We end up lost. Like we don't remember who we are anymore. Of course we don't. We've cut it off, literally. And that dullness... Maybe you recognize that. I know I do from my life. When I met a dear friend of mine, I thought she looked gray, literally like the color gray. I never saw any color in her. And I didn't know any different because that's how I met her. It turns out a couple of years later, I learned that she had been really unhappy in her marriage, but had been too afraid to leave because of finances. And once she allowed herself to even begin entertaining it, God, she was afraid, but at least she felt alive for acknowledging her truth. And as she started to figure out, how can I make this happen? I know that this marriage is not right for me. I swear to God, I swear to goddess, her color came back. Her color came back and now she's totally in love with someone else. Her color is fully back, her career is rocking out. She was honest with herself and true. And this is how I feel about our New York apartment. So it's crazy, right? But it was like, I had this idea a year ago or the therapist gave me this idea. I thought I couldn't make it happen. I tried and I tried. 
And then what I tried to do after that was just try to make my life work where I am. And it's been awesome. I joined a yoga studio that I love. I've made more friends where I live. I have uh, had more clients where I live. And it's awesome. I'm so happy that I enjoy the where I live more. But the dream never went away. Every time I went back for the radio show, every time I stepped foot in New York City, my whole body feels alive. So a couple of weeks ago, when a friend of mine told me she was moving out of her apartment, and then she looked at me and she said, unless you want it, all of a sudden, it was like my whole heart leapt out of my body. My skin felt all tingly. Of course, about five seconds later, my brain said, I can't have that apartment. We can't afford it. And then I used my favorite purpose power tool. How can I? All of a sudden, my brain, I started saying I can't. And then I went, wait a minute. How can I? What is possible here? How can we do it? And then all of a sudden I asked, wait a minute, are we allowed to Airbnb it out? And we looked at the rules and the answer is yes. Yes, we are allowed to Airbnb it out. And I went, oh my God, this could be so amazing. How many days a month do I need to? And I started calculating how many days a month do I need to rent it out in order to pay the rent? And then we can have it the other days. And I came home and I was so nervous to talk to my husband about it because it sounds crazy. And my ex-husband would have thought this was a ridiculous idea, right? Totally has no logic to it. There's no practicality to it. I told my husband and he said, well, we have to do that. And I was like, oh, we can't. And then I'm telling him why we can't, even though it's my dream. It's not even his dream. And he said, you need this. I mean, I'm so super blessed that I have such a supportive partner. And I became so nervous, right? My belly felt so ill. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And I recognize that this is how I have felt every time I have made the right decision in my life. When I left my first marriage, after a year or two of trying to convince myself that I should stay, that when I finally said, okay, I'm going to leave, I had both the excitement and was like, oh my God, I can't do it, right? Fear brain took over and made me ill. And that's what gets so confusing. But it was the same feeling when I went to graduate school and I left my corporate job in order to be a full-time student at 36 years old and have no money and moved across the country to Philadelphia to go to grad school. I moved all my stuff into my apartment. And as soon as all the stuff was there and my best friend was there, I said to her, oh my God, take it all back. We have to send it back to Cleveland. I can't, I can't stay here. And she said to me, this is how you are every time you follow your heart. And so I've just come to realize, okay, this is how it's going to feel. And so I want you to check in. How is it that you feel when you make a decision that ultimately is the right decision for you? Because for me, I have that nervous feeling. And then after a little bit, when I sit with it, then the knowing is so clear because my body is, it's like my heart is open. So the truth is that we all have dreams, we all have desires. And it's an interesting thing because we might wonder like, where do dreams even come from? Why do I have a New York dream and one of my husband's close friends has a Philly dream? She lives in California and Philly is her dream to get here. So why is it like this? Or why do you have a dream of becoming an optometrist and I have a dream of being a motivational speaker? Like, where is that? And why are we so kind of anti-dreams? Well, it's interesting, a research study from 1985 showed that our dreams and fantasies are actually the expression of our inner needs. The expression of our inner needs, this is by McClelland, our inner needs. When I look at New York City, just as an example, I know I keep using it, but it's a very recent example here. I have an inner need 
for energy. I have an inner need for aliveness. I have an inner need for creativity. And the place I love most in New York City is Times Square because that is a place where dreams are coming true. I mean, how many people make it to Broadway? But the people in Times Square have made it to Broadway. And that's so my inner need is to know that dreams are possible because that's what I freaking do for a living. That's right. So that's my inner need. I have another friend who moved out of a city and into the countryside. And that was her dream. Why was that her dream? Because she has a deep inner need for quiet, a deep inner need for peace. So it's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's that each one of us is different. And what's cool is that we are actually driven by our dreams. And we're inspired by the possibility that they might come true. Researchers from Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio in 2006 looked at how dreams actually inspire us. The possibility inspires us. And the founder of positive psychology, the field that I study, which is the science of human flourishing and happiness, he made an interesting point a few years ago. He said, in psychology, we are called by the future. So here's something really interesting. If you think about what psychologists have always done, right? You go into a psychologist because you don't feel good. You feel anxious or depressed or whatever it might be. And you usually talk about your past and that it's whatever happened in your past that informs your current life. Now, I do believe in that absolutely. And I think there is so much to be gained from going to a psychologist and learning like, why did I get here? How did this happen? Why am I scared? Or why does fear brain do, you know, keep me from this? Or why do I keep repeating that pattern with women or with men or whatever it might be? What Dr. Seligman said is that he believes we are called by the future, that we are making every decision, every decision based on what our future self wants. So your future self wants safety or your future self wants aliveness. And the thing is that we have to get so super clear about those inner needs and allow them to manifest as these dreams and as desires. I want to clarify the point between these two words very quickly. I think one of the reasons that we think that dreams are impossible is that we use the word dream, right? So I don't know about you, but my dreams at night are totally whack out, right? Like one minute I'm in India, the next minute I am naked on a playground by myself, the next minute I am on a, you know, elephant riding in the middle of an ocean. Like my dreams are all over the place. If any of you are dream on, you know, interpreters, please let me know. But they seem so impractical. And here we use the same word for the desires of your heart, for the desires of your creation. And so maybe that's really throwing us off. So the word I really love is desire, not goal. I love goals, but we have to first be in the place of what is your heart desiring? Like really, what is it yearning for? What is it calling? What is that inner need? And as you become clear on that, as you become clear on that, and my hunch is that you do know, so many people tell me, I don't know what I want. I don't know my dreams. I don't know. You may have to go back to middle school. You may have to look at, well, when you were a little one, what did you say you wanted to be when you grew up? Like I said, I wanted to be a professional cheerleader. It doesn't mean I'm actually going to be a cheerleader now. I can't do the splits or a cartwheel, no matter how hard I have tried. But I am a professional cheerleader, cheerleading you right now. 
It's the essence of that. What did my soul need? What was the inner need? The inner need was to inspire people, was to entertain people, right? Cheerleaders like entertain crowds of 50,000 people. What is that inner need? And most people I know, as you start digging into your heart and into your soul, you find that there are dreams there. And they don't have to be big and huge, Oprah, Oprah size. A desire about how you want to live your life, a desire about how you want to show up, a desire about love and romance, a desire around sex and orgasm, a desire around work and job and purpose, a desire around doing something that seems a little bit quote unquote crazy. One of my clients, as we did the work together, she realized that she had a desire to travel. But she has always said to herself, I'll travel when I have a partner. I want to travel with a partner. So here she is in her 30s, and she has never traveled the world. And as we worked together, I said to her, why not start traveling now? Like maybe as you're traveling, that's when you're actually going to meet your partner, or you're just going to love seeing the world. And I get it. I used to say the same thing. And then after my divorce, I started traveling internationally every year, often by myself. And it was scary, totally scary. I still sometimes have to like really pause when I land in a new country. How do I use the airport system? How do I use the bus system? And it's all possible. Another client of mine who is in her 60s and she has raised her children, she has always, always wanted to go to where her family is from, to another country where her family is from, and she's never allowed herself to do it because she always took care of the kids. She always took care of her first husband. She always took care of everybody else. And so she worked with me, and then she ended up telling a friend of hers that she discovered this desire of hers of going to the birthplace of her family. And her friend said, great, we're booking it now, and literally went online to book it. And she was like, whoa, 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 we can't do this now. And her friend said, yes, we are going to do it now. And here's why it's so important that you learn to shift your language from I can't to how can I. Another friend of mine has always wanted to go to the birthplace of her family in France. And she would always tell me how excited she was, but she had no money for it. And so she would say to me, well, one day I'll go, one day I'll go, one day I'll go. And then last year, she was diagnosed with cancer. And as she was unconscious... In a hospital bed, I thought to myself, she's never gone to France. What if she never goes? Now, fortunately, she has recovered. And I have said to her, you have to go now. I don't care if you don't have money. Borrow it from me. How can you make it happen? Because I am telling you, love, and I want to tell you listening to this podcast, there is no more time to wait. We do not know. There is no more time to wait. So, It is time now for you to start getting clear on the desires of your heart, not your head, right? Your head tells you what you should do, what would be acceptable to mom and dad, what would be acceptable to society, what people, other people say is practical and responsible. And those things are great. And you have to get clear on your desires of your heart. And then, listen, I'm not telling you to just like go jump off a bridge. I'm not telling you to go just leave your family and go travel in India for four months. What I am telling you is that no matter what is going on in your life, you always can shift from I can't to how can I. It's all about something called mindset. Now, Carol Dweck, a researcher at Stanford, has coined the term mindset, and she really talks about that we can have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. 
And a fixed mindset is that you think that something is fixed. Like, I'm intelligent or I'm not intelligent. I'm athletic or I'm not athletic. She's a bitch or she's nice, right? You think something is fixed and not possible of changing. And a growth mindset is where you believe things are malleable. We are malleable. We can change. We can grow. We can shift. We can learn more. You can become more athletic. You can become more intelligent. You can pick yourself back up after failure. You can grow. And I love that the way to shift from a fixed mindset I can't have an apartment in New York, I can't travel the world, is with a question. David Cooper, writer of Cleveland, of Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, says when you want a new answer, you have to ask a different question. When you want a new answer, you have to ask a different question. So instead of a fixed mindset, a statement, a judgment, I can't travel the world, I can't get an apartment in New York, you have to shift it into a question. Because a a fixed statement, a judgment, will end up as a dead end every single time. But a question leads you to the next step. So instead of I can't, you have to ask yourself a new question like, how can I? Instead of I don't know how to, you have to ask yourself a new question like, who does know? Or how can I learn? We have the opportunity, we have the possibility to shift our mindset at any time, and that's how we're making New York happen. I mean, we literally just got it. We went there last week, and it was crazy. We got there at midnight. We had to drive 10 hours from Michigan, where we were visiting my family for Passover. We got there the next day. We spent 10 hours painting the whole place. Then we got furniture delivered the next day. We turned the whole place around in three days. And just last night, the Airbnb rentals started coming in. Woohoo! And so we will be able to make this happen You can make anything happen by shifting your mindset. My other favorite tool is visualization. Visualization. So even if you can't make something happen right now or you can't figure it out right now, what we know from research, from sports psychology research, is that as you visualize something, You are actually telling your brain that it's already happening. Like if you looked at the Winter Olympics, I loved watching the skiers because before they actually went down the hill, you could see each one of them actually moving their bodies up and down and bending their knees. What they were doing was they were visualizing themselves going down the course. In fact, you can look at any sports woman or man and they will tell you, any pro, that they always visualize. There's a quote from Jack Nicholas you know, the the great golfer, that he never made a shot without both visualizing the ball landing where he wanted it to land and visualizing how his club was going to swing in the air, hit the ball, and watch it go in the air. So you have to visualize yourself making it happen. It's so interesting. Research on visualization shows that there is an 88% overlap between what you think about and truth. And what I mean by overlap is... When a brain scan is done, there was a study done where people would look at artwork and then they would go into this brain scan and the scan would show which parts of their brain signaled off, like lit up while they were looking at this artwork. Then afterwards, they were asked to visualize the artwork. 88% of the same brain regions were lit up when visualizing as when actually looking at the painting. And we can practice right now. One of my favorite ways to practice this is if I say to you, imagine right now that I am handing you a big, juicy, juicy slice of a lemon. 
And imagine that I, you have your hand out and I'm putting that lemon on your hand. Now imagine how that feels in your hand. Imagine the rind in your hand. Now imagine bringing that lemon up to your nose and smelling this beautiful, juicy lemon. Now imagine putting that slice of juicy lemon into your mouth and taking a big bite. Now what's happening in your mouth? Most people, what happens is that you will taste the sourness or you, you're puck, you'll get all puckered up, right? Your body thinks that you're actually tasting a lemon when you're not. This is pretty cool. We can use this to our advantage to make any dream, any desire come to fruition. There was a wonderful study done where they had college athletes work on, it was 30 college athletes, actually do hip flexor exercises. So some did the hip flexor exercises to see uh, how much stronger they would get in their hips and their legs. And then some of the participants mentally visualized doing the exercise, and there was a control group that did neither. And what was found is that those who did the physical training with their hip flexors improved their strength by 28%. Those who did the mental training improved their strength by 24%, almost the same. Visualizing what you want, visualizing doing it every single day makes the difference. But here's the key. When you visualize, you can't just visualize it happening, like the end result. You need to visualize yourself actually working to make it happen. The practice. Super important. And those are my favorite tools for making your desires come to fruition. So I want to end with a few purpose power tips. Number one, I want you to spend time every day this week getting into your heart, getting into your body. Now to do that and get out of your mind, you might have to get yourself dancing, you might have to meditate, you might have to take time every morning and deep breathe, but I want you then to be writing in your journal, I desire, I desire, I desire, until something starts coming out from your heart. Number two, I want you to think about what are all the ways that fear brain is telling you that you cannot move forward. And then I want you to see what new questions you can ask yourself that would allow you to take a step forward. Number three, I want you to visualize. I want you to picture one thing that you want. Maybe you want family dinner tonight to be peaceful. Or maybe you want to paint a room in your house. It doesn't have to be huge. Like one of my desires is that I am super gentle and loving with myself today because I had a huge aha in a coaching session this morning. So I'm visualizing being super gentle and loving and kind with my little inner Karen child self. So your desires can be quote unquote small, they can be quote unquote big, all are valuable, all are worthy. And then I want you to just spend a little bit of time and know that your desire might not happen right now. It might be a year. My desire for New York literally dropped into my lap a year after I thought about it. So it happens in divine timing and allow that to happen. Have your desire, visualize it, and then let it go and keep enjoying your life. That's how you end up having a happier life. That's how you end up following your dreams. Remember, nearly your whole happiness is in your control because you control what you think about, you control what you do, and you can control getting clear on what brings you joy, what brings you positivity, and doing more of that every single day. We are in control, my love. You and me and our whole community of amazing Purpose Girls, we are in control. We are going to create happier lives.
That is a fact. So if you liked this podcast, then please, 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 please rate it, review it, subscribe to it, download it, share it with your friends. My dream is that we have a big community of purpose girls who are celebrating one another, who want each other to be their best, shining, most glorious, glittery selves. My dream is that we change the world one woman at a time. And, or you have, maybe you have dudes in your family or your friends who would love this podcast. Please share it with them too. Remember, read it, review it, subscribe it, download it. I will so, so, so appreciate it. Number two, for more, if you aren't clear on your desires or your purpose and you want more guidance, email me, contact me, go to purposegirl.com. You can go to purposegirl.com forward slash free and you'll get a free guide to living your purpose. And you can email me about how to work together or what that might look like. But you will get, once you sign up for purposegirl.com forward slash free, you'll get my newsletter delivered to you every single week so that you can get tips there too. Also find me on Facebook, Coach Karen Rockhind or on Instagram at Karen Rockhind and let's just connect. That is my biggest dream. My biggest desire is that every woman alive feels beautiful, feels whole, feels complete, feels on purpose, feels on fire, feels like she is rocking it out in the world. So with that, I hope you have a beautiful day. May you live purposefully. May you love yourself. May all of your dreams and desires come true. And may you love life. Bye for now.